Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by Express News reporter Annie Blanks. She joins the show to discuss the grand jury indictment of a Caldwell County man accused of murder. Welcome back to the show, Annie. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, Luis. How are you? I'm fantastic. This um, the story we're about to talk about is it kind of gripped the headlines a bit this week. They just got an update, I think, yesterday. But can you quickly talk about uh, the, the the story and how it un- unfolded? Yeah. So just in in a few sentences, last October uh, on October eleventh, twenty twenty one, a young man, he's thirty one, named Adel Dejugi was driving in Martindale, Texas, which is a small town just east of of San Marcos. It was about three o'clock in the morning. He was on his way back to his girlfriend's house after they watched a football game in San Antonio. And his family says he got lost and he pulled into a man's driveway. That man's name is Terry Turner at about three o'clock in the morning. And he was apparently looking for directions And the man, Terry Turner, said that he had gotten up to go to the bathroom when he looked outside and saw a strange car in his driveway. He went back to his bedroom, got his gun, went outside. And at that point, Adel, who was driving the car, and there was nobody else in the car at the time, um, Adel backed out and tried to drive drive away. Terry Turner chased him with his gun and knocked on his driver's side window a couple of times and then shot Adel in the head through the driver's side window. Um, Terry Turner claims self-defense. He told police in an affidavit that he thought that there was a gun in Adel's hand, even though uh, investigators found no weapon of any kind in or on or around Adel's person. Um, Adel didn't die immediately. He was in the hospital for about 24 hours. And then he did, unfortunately, pass away. Uh, It took Caldwell County police about 11 days to arrest Adel. uh, And only then, after some kind of intense media pressure, um, Terry Turner had claimed self-defense. And by all appearances, it looks like they weren't originally going to arrest him. But they did 11 days later. And yesterday, about four months after the incident, Terry Turner was indicted by a Caldwell County grand jury for first degree murder. And now this was what the family was looking for, for the indictment. Why did it take so long to get to this point? Well, that's kind of what the family has been asking since all of this began. Uh, I met with Adel's mother, Fatiha, and his brother, Othman, uh, last week. They both are from Morocco. Othman had been living here in Texas with his brother, and Fatiha was still living in Morocco, but she came to Texas after Adel's death just to kind of try and figure out the justice system here. And they claim, the family claims that the reason that it's taken so long is because of racism. Adel was a Muslim man with brown skin who's from Morocco. He was... Uh, He did have his green card here in Texas. He was working. He got his master's degree and he was applying for finance jobs in Austin. Uh, But the family says that it's straight up racism and that's why it's taken so long. And they weren't even confident that they would get a first degree murder indictment 
yesterday in the first place, but they're very relieved that they did. When, uh, what were they like when you talked to them or were they relieved or I'm sure, I mean, they're obviously still grieving, but what was, what were they like? Well, when I met with them last week, the grand jury hadn't met yet. And Fatiha, I thought something that was interesting about her. Uh, well, first of all, she's she's very motherly. She's very warm. Uh, Adel was one of her four children. She's very, very proud of all of her children's education and accomplishments. And Fatiha kept referring to Adel as my Adel. She would say, I can't believe my Adel is gone. She would say things like, my Adel was such a good student. Um, she was definitely very maternal. She was, she was a grieving mother. And she's very, very confused about the U.S. justice system. Othman, his brother, was a lot more angry. He became visibly upset and emotional a few times when I was talking to them. He said that he used to really like the police and he trusted the police. But ever since all of this has happened... He has become fearful of the police. He doesn't think that they're on his side. And he was visibly upset and very angry about this whole situation. He really just wants justice for his brother. So what has uh, the Caldwell County District Attorney uh, Fred Weber said about the the whole situation? He hasn't said much to me uh, or publicly. He is the DA, so he kind of is treading a little bit carefully. I do know that he met with Fatiha and Othman, uh, Adel's mother and brother, last Wednesday, uh, Wednesday evening, for about four hours. And he addressed several of their questions. He went over the whole grand jury process. He told them that he could seek either a first-degree murder or a second-degree murder indictment. The family was very, very, very adamant with him that they did not want a secondary murder indictment uh, because that essentially would say that Terry Turner did this accidentally or it wasn't planned. And uh, the, the family, Fatia said in her statement yesterday after the indictment, she was very, very pleased with uh, Fred Weber and that he was able to obtain a first degree murder indictment. Uh, I've talked to Fred a couple of times. He said he didn't really want to comment on the prosecution of the case because it's still ongoing, which is pretty typical for DAs and attorneys in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And now the next step is for Terry Turner to appear in court within 30 to 45 days for his arraignment. And the other thing that really stuck out to me about this story was that Adel's mother, Fatiha, actually asked the district attorney to not pursue the death penalty. Right. Yeah, that's interesting about this. So the the Dejuvis are Muslim family, the very devout Muslims from Morocco. Um, but they told me last week if they did obtain a first-degree murder indictment, they were going to ask Fred Weber not to seek the death penalty. Uh, it's against their religious beliefs. And the... That was also interesting to me because when Adel was on life support before he passed away last year, he had actually put on his driver's license that he wanted to be an organ donor, which is typically against um, the beliefs of devout Muslims. They believe in the body being sacred 
um, even in death. But the family chose to honor Adel's wishes and uh, despite their Muslim faith, and his organs were donated to five different people. So their Muslim faith has played a pretty big role in this process so far, and it looks like it continue. It will continue to do so until the end. Yeah, you did mention in the story that five different people, including a seven-year-old boy, received the organs. That's That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And his brother was telling me last week when I met with them, you know, the kind of the the irony in all of this is that in Adel's death, he saved five American lives. And now where's the American justice for his brother, which I thought was a really powerful statement that Othman made. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this again once um, it goes to trial. Uh, but there was one other story you wrote about this week that really caught my attention. I really, I, I think you mentioned in the article, it's a David and Goliath story and it's the city of Buda uh, versus this developer. Can you talk about that uh, briefly? Yeah. So Buda is a relatively small city in Hayes County. It has about 18,000 residents or so. It's uh, not that far from Austin. It's about 30 to 45 miles south of Austin. And there's a developer that's based in Austin. They're called Milestone community builders. And they have built a lot of subdivisions in the Austin area. And they are essentially coming in and building a 2,500 home subdivision in Buda. Uh, Part of it will be in Buda. Part of it will be in the Austin extraterritorial jurisdiction. But uh, the bottom line is that this is just a huge number of houses. There's going to be commercial space and trails and apartments and all of this, you know, all of these residential amenities. And it has virtually no support from anybody in the city of Buda, not the Planning and Zoning Commission, not the city council, not residents and business owners that I've spoken with. When I do these stories, of course, I always try and find, you know, balance. I try and find people who are for it and who are against it. And I could not find anybody who was for it besides the developer. So, People say it's too big of a development. It's going to change Buda forever. And essentially, due to Texas property right laws, there's really nothing that anybody can do about it. So it's definitely setting up to be a David versus Goliath situation. Yeah, you you mentioned in the in the story that one of the many reasons is the traffic. The they want yeah. water. They want they want everything, and they want the city's help for it. But nobody in the city. It wants any part of this development. I think one of the quotes that really stuck out to me was from Councilwoman Monica Davidson, who says, I won't lift a finger to add to this development, let alone expedite it. And it really, really highlights how against it uh, the council is. Why, why does Buda have no recourse against this development? Well, that one's kind of tricky. And that's the question I asked of a few different people. And it gets a little technical. And and legally, I guess, when you talk about it, but when it gets down to it, it's it's property rights. Texas is very big on property rights. These two tracts of land that total about 775 acres are privately owned and they are partnering with the developers to build this. Uh, Only 12 acres of this property are in the actual city of Buda. The rest is in the ETJ and then in the Austin ETJ. 
which if you're not familiar with the ETJ, that's basically a kind of gray area where certain ordinances apply and certain ordinances don't. Um, yeah, so essentially Texas gives developers a lot of rights. And in this case, Buda is just kind of hamstrung because they don't own the property. And there are certain legislative recourses that the developer has and that uh, I'm sure that they're very familiar with using to get this property built one way or another. I think they very, very specifically said there is a fundamental truth. It's going to get built one way or another, whether it's a city or Austin project or a city of Buda project. It's a project that's going to be built. And yeah. that, that was the firm's CEO. Um, Garrett Martin. What was it? Garrett Martin? Yeah, I uh, I thought that that was pretty telling. I've been covering growth and development in counties in Texas and Florida for about seven years now. And uh, I've never really heard a developer say something like that so bluntly and so outright, like, we are going to do this whether you like it or not. And I mean, he's right. He he can. He can do that. And he's going to. But it still has just kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And uh, it's it's definitely going to change Buda forever. It's in stark contrast to something we talked about um, before in Dripping Springs, where they put in a developer moratorium where nothing's being built. Well, it's just, I did, I wrote about something similar. Dripping Springs is having issues with all these, also Austin developers coming in and uh, building a bunch of homes in their area. And I think that these two individual instances kind of speak to this broader issue that Hayes County as a whole is facing. And that is the issue of there's tons of growth, especially in this Austin San Antonio corridor. Everybody wants to live in places like Dripping Springs and Buda, small quaint cities uh, that have quick access to some of these bigger, bigger areas and bigger cities uh, and it's it's just growing pains. It's just a lot of developers are seizing the opportunity, and Buda isn't the first, and it won't be the last to have to go up against a Goliath like a home builder. So it'll be interesting to kind of watch this whole process as a whole over the next few years for sure. All righty. Well, thank you, Annie, for all your insights. I really appreciate it. Hope to have you back on the show soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Louise.